Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode two of Hoops Caviar. I am your host, Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck, and I am joined by the one and only, my co-host, Ryan Sheehan. Ryan, what's up, my guy? Nothing much, bro. Just got back from the gym, and now I'm ready to talk some ball, man. This is going to be a great episode. What a great Wednesday afternoon. Oh, yeah. Oh, beautiful hump day. I love this. I love just coming back from from work, going to the gym, and just coming back to talk some ball with you, bro. So I'm ready to get this going. Yeah, can't get much better than that. We have a few different things we want to talk about today. We're going to talk about some free agency. We're going to talk about some players that are eligible to sign with uh, playoff teams for the remainder of this season. Uh, We're going to talk about the free agency class coming up. And the year after that as well, because there's going to be so many top tier free agents. And then we're going to go into uh, some young guys who we think we're going to start a franchise with. But Ryan, we talked about this a little bit before the show started, but I want to start off with this because I'll be honest with you, I may have messed up. So I, <laughs> I what had uh, happened was, so what happened was there is this thing on Twitter, J.R. Smith, people are saying J.R. Smith is going to be the guy that might replace Avery Bradley on the Lakers. And then people are talking about, like, you know, guys that are available, like Jamal Crawford, DeMarcus Cousins, Isaiah Thomas. I come across this, this highlight clip of Jamal Crawford, his career highlights, which um, is one of the best highlight tapes you'll see because Jamal Crawford was just an absolute baller throughout his entire career. But I tweeted out the video and I quoted it by saying it is, it is basically astounding that he isn't on an NBA team. And so far uh, today, uh, I've just gone absolutely shit on because everyone <laughs> is just like, you're tweeting out highlight tapes. Like, this is in like 360p. Like, we see Lamar Odom in this. Like, like I should just tweet out. Uh, people have been responding with videos of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar doing the sky hook, and they're just like, oh, Kareem. I don't know how Kareem isn't playing when he's doing stuff like this. Tweeting out Michael Jordan mixtapes, Bob Cousy mixtapes. Someone even said I should just tweet an Andrew Bynum mixtape and just be like, oh, why isn't he in the league? Listen, listen, listen. I messed up with the fact maybe I shouldn't have added the video to my tweet. I am sticking by my statement that it is astounding that he isn't on a team because people have been saying, plus, believe me, I've heard everything so far in my mentions that I've read everything, every bit of slander about Jamal Crawford you can imagine. I get it. He has only shot 33% from three over the past two seasons. I get it. He has an awful defensive plus minus. I understand that. He is not the best defensive player in the world, that he doesn't play defense, that he's 40 years old, 39, 40 years old. The fact of the matter is, the last time that this guy played, he dropped 51 points. The fact of the matter is, is even though he might not have the best percentages, he might not be the best defender, he can still be on a team and get you a bucket if you need it. If there is a team out there that desperately needs another bench player to go in and just give them some quick points, Jamal Crawford is one of those top guys that you should consider. Now, now, I am not advocating for, you know, I'm not, we're Celtics guys. I'm not saying that I would want him on my team. I think if I were to pick a team that Jamal Crawford would be perfect on, in all honesty, if we're going to talk about not him not being able to play defense, I think he would be great on a team like the Rockets, for example, because that's like kind of what their system is made out of. Oh, you know, yeah. That eight, yeah. Seven, eight seconds or less, just go in, score. I'm not really trying to, you know, say much about uh, Westbrook or Harden, but like, you know, Harden especially isn't the guy that is going to go out there and get you the most defensive stops. Like he's not going to give you hundred percent effort on defense, but at the same time in the NBA today, it's not, there, there are more guys that focus more on their offensive game than their defensive game. So I understand where people are coming from. I should not have used that video of <laughs> Jamal Crawford's 20 year highlight tapes, even though as filthy as it is, that isn't stuff he hasn't been doing in the last two years. So I will, I will uh, discredit myself there. I will, I will call myself out when I need to, but I'm not taking away my statement that he deserves to be on an NBA team. And I'll get your thoughts on that in a second. But we're also thinking about guys like J.R. Smith is eligible. The, he's being tied to the Lakers now. The Avery Bradley, uh, he's not going to play now because his son has respiratory illnesses. Or he has respiratory issues, and if he, God forbid, got something like COVID, 
you know, that could be a tough situation. So I, I, I applaud it. We're not really going to, we can talk about that a little bit, but I applaud Avery Bradley for making that choice for his family. Um, and there are people on Twitter that actually were just absolutely going at him for making that decision. Like Lakers fans are like, you know, fuck Avery Bradley. Like he's a piece of shit for not playing. Like, come on, man. Like he's doing this for his family. But besides the point, um, we can talk about, uh, I want to get your opinion on some free agents that you think NBA, NBA team should look at signing. Uh, Jamal Crawford, I don't know if a team will sign him, but he still should be a top consideration, a top candidate for teams that need more scoring off their bench. So before I get uh, keep going with my tangent, Ryan, uh, I want to hear your thoughts <laughs> on all of this. Well, first of all, you kind of have to respect the roast. I, I, I for know, one, I, do. I for I, one I, I understand. I for one understand what someone you're said. Saying. Someone said, um, bro, you're using clips from the Bush administration. <laughs> And I, I died laughing. I was just like, no, that's good. That's bro, good. you can't even, like, look at that in a bad way. It's just, like, what you're doing now is just so funny. I mean, like, I understand what you're saying, though. Like, it's just – it's a video of Jamal Crawford. Like, I know it might be from years ago. But get the point of what you're trying to say is he should be on an NBA team. Like, there is teams that could use a scorer off the bench. I mean, if you need a deep guy, you're not asking him to play – 25 minutes a game or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, he's exactly, just going to be, yes. he's just a guy that comes in when you need a bucket. So, I mean, you could still give him that opportunity. Yes. His defense is not that great, but he is more focused on his offense. If you needed an offensive bucket, anything like that, bring him in. Why not give him a chance? Yes. He's old, but yes, he dropped 51 points last year. I know it's last year or, or the last time he played, whatever it was, but he still has that ability to get you points. He's got some of the silkiest handles of all time. It's like, it's apparent. So, I mean, if you get him in an ISO situation, maybe, maybe he can cook, maybe he can get it going for you guys. Maybe he could just be a spark and you have him come off the court. Who knows? But he can make an impact on a team. He can still provide something. And even though like, and even though I was going back and forth with someone on Twitter today, it was about a different discussion and he was talking about how I was like, you know, it's a good thing that Danny Ainge doesn't listen to people on Twitter about, you know, how to run a team because some people just have awful takes and just awful, you know, trade proposals and who they think they should give up for certain players. And someone was just like, yeah, thank God they don't listen to Dante who wants Isaiah Thomas back on the Celtics. I'm like, listen, I want Isaiah Thomas back in the Celtics, but that doesn't mean I want him playing 20 minutes a night. I want him yeah. back in the Celtics because he would be an amazing locker room guy. And even though he wouldn't play every single, he wouldn't play consistent minutes whatsoever. You can still throw him in. If like the Celtics are down 20 and they need someone, like we need someone to score, you can throw him in. It's just not a consistent thing. So it's just people have to understand you have to come from there. I'm not saying a team should sign a 40 year old Jamal Crawford and play and start him. I'm like, no, like I would, I, I would be pissed if the Celtics even signed him and he was playing even 10 minutes a night, 10, 15 minutes. Like, I think that's too much, but it's just fact that having him on your team allows you to have that extra option where if you need someone to come in and score, if nothing's going right, you have those options. So that's where I come from there. Yes. The memes, the jokes are fantastic. And like I said, I'll be the first one. I'm laughing. I was on Twitter today. I'm just like laughing at myself. Like, probably 80% of the people that quote tweeted or responded to my tweet or against me or making fun of me. There are still those people that agreed with me, but I don't think people just understood um, the context of where I was coming from. And that's fine. Like I said, you're going to have hot takes every once in a while. My Twitter blew up today. I got like 10, 15 new followers from it. So it's just like, it is what it is. Right. Right. So speaking of free agents, you know, guys that are going to be eligible for teams to sign currently, um, I wanted to get your opinion on, you know, some players that maybe we should keep an eye out. I know J.R. Smith has – his name has been thrown around right now because Avery Bradley, like I said, is not playing. So people are – J.R. Smith has close ties to the Lakers with, like, LeBron and all them. And right now it's looking like he will be the guy that they will sign. Um, Is there anyone else that you think that an NBA team – should look at to bring in that would bring value to their bench? Well, first of all, something that you have to consider is what's going to happen with players. If is if they're really going to go to this tournament or not, I saw another player come out yesterday saying they will not be attending it yep. uh, because they don't want to get hurt. I forget who it was, but it did come out. 
Nikola Jokic is Nikola. Yeah, Nikola Jokic. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I said it like that. Nikola Jokic, right, has tested positive for COVID, so it's a chance that like he might not even be able to go. So yeah. if if you are looking at guys, you have so far Isaiah Thomas, so far J.R. Smith, so far Jamal Crawford. You still have Boogie Cousins. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think he actually might have been the one that said if he signs he still won't play he said yeah so he said he came out and said like you know what like I'm, i want to uh, rehab still i want to get ready for next season but then uh it came out and he said it, it he'll consider it if a team reaches out to him he'll still consider it. like listen if a team like the lakers asked demarcus cousins to sign with them I, I don't know. I think if I was him, I'd probably want to sign with them because even if you're not going to play a lot, like you'll still get a chance to recover. You can still get a chance to rehab and you know, you can still get a chance to win a ring. Uh, that's been the story for DeMarcus cousins for a few years now, just get on a team rehab, show you still have it and try to get a ring. And mm-hmm. obviously he tried it and he wasn't able to get a ring. So, I mean, he could still try it now. Uh, another player that, I noticed Tyler Johnson, um, I think, signed yesterday. There was something on that. Is he that went he to uh, – he signed with Brooklyn. All right, that's what it was. And, and he, a, yeah. he – and I guess a few years ago when they were trying to sign him, the yeah. Miami Heat ended up matching. It. It. Yeah. yeah, so now they have the opportunity to have him on his team. Uh, he's a pretty good player too. Yeah, he's not bad at all. He's solid. He, he I mean, he's going to come off the bench, but – I mean, he's a solid guy. He wasn't bad when he was in Miami. Right. So, I mean, there's there's options out there for teams to choose from. It's just a matter of if they're going to fit the team. And it's also a matter of what's really going to happen with teams. How many more players are we going to see that are not going to want to go to Orlando? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's exactly. there's going to be – there has to be a lot of options. You, ha- you have to have plan A, plan B, and – all the way down to plan Z, basically, because you don't even know what's going to happen. You could have to make a whole roster. It's just hypothetically, but if that were to happen, like, it, yeah. it, it, it'd be a wild ride. It, it all depends on, obviously, the situation. Like, for example, like the Wizards. Davis Breton says he's not going to play. So a team like the Wizards might want to go out and look for a forward, a scoring, a wing player, or something like that. And that's like, you know, I'm looking at a list now of some players that are available. Um, Isaiah Thomas is the top of this list. Um, that's someone we've talked about before. Scoring guard can come in. Uh, uh, in the Washington this season, he averaged 12.2 points a game, shot 41% from three. Um, but he got cut by the Clippers when he got cut. Um, you got players like Iman Shumpert, who isn't like the best scoring option. He's never averaged double-digit points since he entered the NBA in 2011. Um, but he's been in the NBA for nine years. He was a key role player when the Cavs won a championship in uh, 2017, 2016, 2017, whatever year that they came back from being down 3-1. And he's a pretty, pretty good defender. I mean, that's really what his game's been known for is just being a really solid defender. DeMarcus Cousins, you know, a solid big man. Joakim Noah is on the market, but the Clippers picked Jordan him up. Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell is also an option. And then you got guys like – you got other guards. You got – Jamal Crawford, like we mentioned, and Trey Burke also. I, I actually forgot that he wasn't on a team anymore. I've always thought that he was just uh, on a team. He shot a little less than 50% uh, from the field when he was in Philly, and he's a pretty solid scoring option. Then you got guys like C.J. Miles, who's a veteran, pretty good shooter, and then Joe Johnson, Alan Crabb. I mean, there's a ton of guys that are going to be out there that are going to be available. It really depends on what the team is looking for. And um, – yeah, it's going to be interesting, oh, too. They, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I finally found who it was that opted out of playing. It was Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza, yeah. Wasn't it something that had something to do with his kid and something like that, too? Uh, I'm not too sure. I, I think just, it was something with, like, uh, like, it was the only chance he got to see his kid or something. I just know it had something to do with his kid. I forgot. Um, also, another player, um, Gerald Green. Uh, I, I know he – I think he had a foot injury. I think that's why he was on the Rockets and they cut him. Um, but he's a veteran wing player and he can do uh, yeah, he had a foot injury and that's why he got cut, but he's an intriguing option. I mean, he shoots 34, 5% from three. He's an, an amazing athlete. Um, so yeah, it's just like, you know, there are all these guys that are available. It's all be what the team's uh, going for today. June 24th is actually going to be the deadline for when players could say whether or not they were going to play. 
but they turned it into a soft deadline and July 1st is going to be the actual deadline for when players can decide. Cause I feel like that's a, it's a pretty big decision to make. Like, and it's not a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, Davis Bertans by him not playing, he's going to miss out on $600,000, which sounds like a lot of money right now, but to him, it makes sense because he's going to be in line for a big, big contract this off season upwards of probably, he's probably going to make $20 million a year. I mean, he had a, an unreal season. He's one of the best shooters in the entire league. So it's pretty smart on his part to, you know, that's like throw a penny change, you know, and, and when it's going to be, he's going to be getting paid tens of millions of dollars in a few months. So it's not really worth the risk for him. Um, so it's going to be, dep- it's just going to depend on what teams are going to need and who's going to, who's not going to show up. Uh, Davis, um, Davis Bertans also had, two ACL injuries. Yes. In the past. Yeah. So it's like, you know, a lot, that's another concern for players like getting injured, coming back and, you know, potentially getting hurt and then missing out on those contracts. I mean, that's why uh, Jason Tatum, Darren Fox, Bam Adebayo, they made a, a, a big deal about it a few weeks ago where it was like, they want insurance because they're going to be due for contracts this off season. It's just like, Hey, you know, if we get hurt and we miss out on these contracts, like we want some type of insurance, like, you know, that we'll still get benefited from whatever they want to get some sort of money so that's going to be another which makes sense no it makes sense because because what what if they do get hurt what if it's a season-long injury and they can't even play next year can't sign a contract anything so you have it's it's it is a great idea you should have insurance when it comes to a time like this or you you really don't know what's going to happen players should get paid before they start they go back so like jason tatum that extension he's going to get that extension in a few months. Why not give it to him now? Right. And just, you know, and it would just scope in the same time frame as it would have, it would have gone along the same timeline as it would have been if he signed it this off season. Um, I think players just want to be insured. They want to be assured that they will be taken care of if a catastrophic injury happens. I mean, knock on wood, God forbid, we don't want that to happen to anyone. Um, but you never know. You just never know. So, right. Uh, if you have something else to throw in there, Sheehan, uh, you can, but we can get into the free agency class when you're done if you want. No, all set. We can keep moving on. So we're still talking about free agents here. Uh, let's talk about some upcoming free agents this offseason. I kind of want to get our, like, you know, our opinions or our predictions, I should say, of where we think these top free agents are going to go. It's not really the sexiest free agency class. Um, next uh, next uh, free agency um, in 2021 is going to be the unreal free agency class. Like that is where you're going to have guys like very Giannis, deep, LeBron. very deep. Like it is going to be like pretty crazy. So I'm trying to pull this up uh, right now. Uh, these free agents for next off season, the number one free agent on the board is Anthony Davis. Um, it it should be expected that he will be back in Los Angeles next year, but crazier things have happened in the NBA. I mean, we know firsthand uh, this point guard named Kyrie Irving uh, <laughs> committed to Boston, said he was going to come back at the beginning of the year and uh, fast forward a year later and he is in Brooklyn and Kemba Walker is the new point guard in Boston. Um, Gordon Hayward has a player option. We expect him to pick that up because I don't think another team is going to be paying him uh, $34 million a year. Paul Millsap is set to be a free agent. DeMar DeRozan, Otto Porter, Andre Drummond is probably going to pick up his uh, option. I think he actually came out and said that he will. Hassan Whiteside, Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka, Danilo Gallinari, Jeff Teague, Derek Favors, Tim Hardaway Jr., Goran Dragic, Evan Fournier, Tristan Thompson. I mean, these aren't the biggest names in the world, but they are players that can help contending teams or can be another addition. Uh, like let's say DeMar DeRozan can be added on as like the third option or even the second. I'm not trying to downplay DeMar DeRozan, but he can be someone that you add in as your second or third option. And he had a help. good season this year also. He had, no, he had a very good season. The, the only thing that really, uh, the only bad thing about DeMar DeRozan, he still isn't really a three-point shooter. He focuses a lot on his mid-range, but he still averaged 22 points a game without a three-point shot. So that says something. So I'm just going to list some names, Ryan, and I want you to tell me if you think they're going to stay or they're going to leave. And if you can think of a team that would fit them, what a team that they would go to, 
by all means, tell me where they should go. So if you're down for that, I'll throw some names at you and we'll, we'll get it going. Give me some names. All right. First name, Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap. Currently I, on the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, he – I mean, in his career, he has moved around a good amount. Um, and every time he moves, he has been a solid addition to that team. So, mate, that's tough. I, I think he'll like, leave. I think, I think he'll leave. Okay. You know what? I think he'll leave just because we have seen him move in the past, and I feel like he wants to take on another challenge. And I bet you – if there is a contending team that feels like they can use him, then mm-hmm. they will go after him. I mean, I'm not saying that – I mean, Boston – I always felt like Boston was, like, a great place for Paul Millsap to go. Just because I remember he when was he was a, in Utah, people were talking about uh, wanting him, and even when he right. was in Atlanta as well. Right, yeah. He's always been a solid guy. So, even if, like, he were to end up in Boston, which I don't see happening, just hypothetically, it'd be, like, very solid for the team. He could do a lot. But I think he'll leave. I don't know where he'll go, but I, I could see him leaving because with him, you don't, like, you don't, like, really have, like, an exact destination for him. He's just yeah. always looking. So so this past season, he averaged 12.6 rebounds, uh, a little over a, uh, an assist and a half, one steal, a close to a block a game, only played 24 minutes. He's 35 years old. And he made $30 million this year. I think this, this last contract was the last big contract that he was going to make. I think he's at the point in his career now where he's going to start not ring chasing because I think he can still add value to a team. It's just going to be if a contending team comes forward. And I don't think he's going to be looking for a big payday. I think he's going to be looking for, you know, he's not going to get paid the veteran minimum, but he won't, he won't take too much money. I think Denver, honestly, is a great fit for him. It's all, it all depends on the direction they want to go down. If he stays there for cheap, I think he'll add value to that team. Denver is also personally one of my favorite teams besides the Celtics and the NBA. I just love the way they're built. I love their young guys, the direction they're going down. Um, they're a very young team, and they're one of the best teams in the league. So I, I love that. I respect that. And having that veteran presence like Paul Millsap uh, really helps, especially developing young guys. So – I, I do think I can imagine him staying in Denver, but if he were to leave, it would be to a contender on a cheap deal. Next one up. This honestly should have been the number one guy because it's the biggest name, but Anthony Davis. If they win this year, I can see LeBron convincing AD to stay for a few more years. Mm-hmm. I just like, why would, why would you leave? If you're in like a good scenario, you're very good friends with with LeBron James, they're like best friends at this point. I feel like, why would you leave? I just feel like his best situation to win as much as he wants to, if he cares about winning that much is in LA, you stay with the best player in the world. We do know that LeBron is the best player in the world, yeah. right? Stay with him. There's no point to LeBron's going to be going to the end of his career. He's probably going to play until he's like 45 and still be a <laughs> all-star. Like the guy's not going to slow down. So if you want to win as much as possible, you stay there. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Uh, I think what Anthony Davis is going to start doing now, I think he's going to be signing one-year player option deals. So like two years and a player option at the end. And the reason why I say this is because I don't think he's going to sign a long-term deal because who knows what LeBron's going to do. Anthony Davis is only going to stick around L.A. if they're going to be championship contenders. And if LeBron isn't going to be there, they are not going to be nearly at the level that they are right now. So I think Anthony Davis is going to kind of play it by how LeBron does it. LeBron is going to be a free agent, not this summer, the summer after. And obviously, you know, people would expect him to stay in L.A. I mean, he hasn't made where he is. But crazy, crazy things happen in the NBA. You really don't know. Um, so I think Anthony Davis will stay in L.A., whether they win or not, because I think that is the best place for him to win. Um, but he's going to start doing one-in-one deals where he's just going to play one year, have the player option, just see what happens, and then go from there. I mean, if he were to go anywhere, I remember he talked about Chicago being one of the best franchises of all time. He talked about playing for the Knicks. But those are also teams where it's like if he were to go there, he'd have to have something set up where it's like another star would be joining him. Like he's not just going to go there to help them rebuild, help build an infrastructure. He's not going to go to the Knicks just to go to the Knicks. Like, he's only going to go to the Knicks if someone like Giannis goes with him. Like, I'm just, throwing a, I'm just throwing someone out there, but in a situation like that. So, I think he'll be in L.A. next year, um, but he's going to be cautious uh, going forward. 
Next free agent I have for you, Ryan, is DeMar DeRozan. Oof. DeMar, I mean, he's having a good time in San Antonio, and he's been playing well for them, and he's obviously one of their best players. I think he enjoys playing under Pop, and if San Antonio can just give him another guy, I could see him staying. I don't like – not unless he is really about winning a championship while he's still – like usable while he's yeah. still good and as good as he is now. If he were to leave, I mean, there's plenty of teams out there that are just looking for another stud and just that can complete the roster. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I don't see him leaving because there's, but do you see a lot of guys that are, are big time players other than Kawhi being traded that leave Greg Popovich? And find success. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, Greg Popovich, if you're going to play for Greg Popovich, that those, those are arguably going to be the best years of your career. I mean, exactly. minus a handful. Like Kawhi Leonard, obviously, he's Kawhi Leonard. But it's just like Greg Popovich knows what to do with his roster. Like, he, he sets them up for success. Right. So, I, I mean, like, if DeMar likes it there, which it seems like he does, like, I don't see a reason for him to leave. There's no – I really don't see a reason for him to leave unless he really wants to win right now. But I think he'll yeah. be good there. I think DeMar DeRozan, it's tough for him because he's not one of those players that, like, a team can make the number one option and they're going to be a right. championship team. Like, as great as he is, he's just not that guy. And, like, and I mean, that's why he got traded from Toronto. They really tried winning something there with him being their top option with him and Kyle Lowry. And it just didn't work. It never worked. You'd always lose to LeBron in the East, and they end up getting Kawhi, and they won a championship. Um, San Antonio probably makes the most sense for him because, like, you know, he's under Greg Popovich. Everyone loves playing for Greg Popovich for the most part because he just knows what he's doing. He's probably one of the best coaches of all time, minus a few. You can argue Phil Jackson, the two, but he's one of the best coaches of all time. If he were to leave, I can see him going – to the Denver Nuggets. I think the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets. Interesting. Yes. So I think the Denver Nuggets are right there as far as being a top tier team. They just have so much depth. They have a lot of young guys like Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic. Will Barton's Will good. Will Barton. They got Michael Porter Jr. They got even he's not young, uh, but they still have Paul Millsap on their team. We just talked about him, so we'll see what happens with him. They got um uh-huh. I'm gonna actually gonna look up right now. Their Did you mention list. Gary Harris? Gary Harris, bro. It's just like they're. I'm I'm pulling up right now. I'm pulling up right now. Jokic, Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, Monte Harris, who had a fantastic year. Will Barton, Mason Plumley, Troy Daniels, Tory Craig. Um, uh, they have Noah. No, they don't have Noah Vaughn. It says Noah Vonley, but I don't know. Uh, he could be somewhere else. And they also have Bull Bull. Can't forget about that. I think they could put together some of those guys. People have always said they put package some of their young guys together, some of their depth, and go out and get someone. Tamar DeRozan is going to be a free agent, so it's going to be a little easier for them to do that. They might have to clear cap, trade a few guys to get the cap. But Tamar DeRozan could be a fantastic third option on that team for Jokic, for Jamal Murray. Like Obviously, those are one and two. And then you got Tamar DeRozan. And then you still got – I don't think they're going to trade Michael Porter. I think they're going to hold on to him. I think Michael Porter has the potential of being an absolute stud in the NBA. I, I really do. I just think he just needs more playing time. He just needs more time. He was coming off a really bad injury. So it's just he needs to figure that out, get, uh, get his stride going, just you know, get everything going when he's in the league now. Uh, but I can see him going to the Denver Nuggets. I think that would be a fantastic place for him. But if, neither, if he doesn't go there, I can also see him going – to a team that has cap space like the Knicks or even the Magic, the Orlando Magic. I mean, they're a, they're a, a team that competes for the eighth seed. So, I mean, they add DeMar DeRozan. Could make them the seventh or sixth seed. Who knows? Um, so, I mean, he, he'll go to places that maybe he'll compete on. Um, the Nuggets, if you went to the Nuggets, I think that would be the best chance for him to win a title. Um, but I can also see him just going somewhere and making some money as well. So, DeMar DeRozan, we'll see what happens with him. If he doesn't say in San Antonio, I say he goes to the Nuggets. Um, but, yeah. Next guy up, and we'll just do a, a few more guys. We'll do uh, Marcus Gasol. Marcus He is uh, a guy that he's not going to give you a ton, but he, is a, he can be a very valuable center on a championship team. I mean, look at – I mean, the Raptors, they traded Valencia Yunus 
who was great for them, for Marcus Gasol, and they won a championship. I mean, we can't say that they wouldn't have won with Valencia Yunus because that would just be a hypothetical. But Marcus Gasol just added a whole nother thing. He just added a whole nother level of play to that team. He can score. He's a phenomenal passer. He can rebound. He's won defensive play of the year before, so he's a respectful defender. Um, and this, this season, listen, he only played 27 minutes a game. He averaged seven points, six rebounds, three, a little uh, more than three assists, and about a steal and a block a game. Like, he does a little bit of everything. He's not going to give you a lot of everything, but he's going to give you a little bit of everything. So uh, Toronto's going to have – they have Fred Van Vliet's going to be a free agent, but it's pretty expected that they're going to give him his extension. Marcus Gasol and Sergi Bakker are all going to be free agents on the Raptors. So they're going to have some – they're going to have some tough decisions to make. But if, if you were to think of where Marcus Gasol could go, where would it be, Ryan? Hmm. Imagine if he ended up in San Antonio. That would speak, be a great place for him. Speak, speaking about San Antonio, I, I don't know. I just – I could see Marcus Gasol going there. In that system? Absolutely. Yeah, because, I, I like, they they already have LaMarcus Aldridge, but – I mean, he's also if, he's also gonna be a free agent, Keep right? Right. So it's like you can either have Lamarcus Aldridge or you have Marcus Saul. I mean, if you put two of them together, you're kind of just like, like it's kind of interchangeable. Like they're not the same player, but like Mar- Marcus Aldridge can go to the high post. Marcus Saul can go low post. He can rebound. All that stuff. I mean, I just could see him like fitting in. For some reason, I could see him fitting in in San Antonio. I feel he's like. Great. Pop- yeah, he's a great system player. Yeah, I feel like Pop would just like to have him. It's like he's not a center that's just going to be like Joel Embiid or anything like that. You put him out there, he's going to do the work for you. And if you want a guy to do work for you, then put him in a system that's meant for work. And San Antonio would be the team that is meant for work. Another hypothetical, I'm just saying, I don't even care if this were to happen at all, but imagine if you went to the Celtics. The Celtics have all scores. All they need is a big man. Bro. Listen, I wrote an article a few weeks ago about free agency targets for the Celtics. I know this isn't really a Celtics podcast, but Marcus Saul would be so ideal for Boston. He really would. I mean, you put him at the starting center, he's not going to be a guy. He's not going to take away touches from anyone. He's nope. not going to take away um, scoring opportunities from guys like Jalen Jason and Kemba Walker. It's just, nope. That's just not going to happen. He's going to be a guy that will be – like I mean, not obviously on the same level as him, but he's going to be like a Nikola Jokic for the Celtics. He's just going to be—he can score a little bit, he can grab you rebounds, he can throw full court passes, just get assists. I mean, he could probably average like five assists a game in the Celtics system, um, and then get you a steal in the block game. Like that is perfect. That is—that would be so perfect. And a picture came out of Marcus Saul, and he looks great. He looks so skinny, uh, like not skinny, like bad skinny, but like he looks super in shape compared to what he used to. So, he, I mean... Speaking of Jokic... <laughs> speaking of Jokic, he does have coronavirus. We're going to see how that... No, develops. but did you oh. see, see all the weight he lost? Oh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of... Yeah, I mean, one, he has coronavirus. Two, he lost a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, uh, he... Guys like this, I think a lot of t- players have used this quarantine, this time to benefit their... Uh, you know, what they need to do. Like, some players need to lose weight. Nikola Jokic, that was always kind of a joke where he kind of looked chubby. And people uh, people would be like, why do you think he fools, uh, uh, passes full-court passes all the time? So he just can't run down the field. He can't run down the court. But, uh, no, players are using that to the benefit. Actually, someone, uh, his trainer, Luka Doncic's trainer, said that he actually gained a lot of weight and he's working to lose it so he can get back into NBA shape. I haven't hmm. seen any pictures of him, so I don't know. But uh, back to Marcus Saul. He is 35 years old. Uh, if he goes anywhere, it is going to be to a championship contender. He is past the point where he's going to make big money. He made $22 million, almost $23 million this year. Will there be a team? Will there be a team that has a lot of cap that could offer him upwards of $20 million a year? Sure. But I think at this point in his career, he has one ring under his belt. I'm pretty sure he's going to want to keep going. If a team like the Lakers called his number and said, hey, we want to bring you on, but we want to pay you a cheap contract, he might listen. Same with the Celtics. Same with the Clippers. Like Teams like that, I think, are going to be on Marcus Saul's radar. Um, I, I hope he would come to Boston. Obviously, as a Celtics fan, I think that would be awesome. But if he were to go anywhere, I mean, in Toronto, I mean, he could stay in Toronto. I mean, they're a championship. They're a contender as well. Not trying to say that he's on a crappy team right now. 
Um, it just depends on what Toronto. They, they're going to have to pay a lot of guys this summer. So we'll see what happens there. And let's do one more guy. Let's go one more. Let's go with – he has a player option, but I think this – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring him up because I think he can be very valuable to a, to a contender. Evan Fournier. Ooh. Evan Fournier is a stud. Evan Fournier Ooh. averages 18, almost 19 points a game. Uh, he, has, he shoots 41% from the three-point line. He averages three assists, one steal a game. He shoots 47% from the field. I Philadelphia 76er. There you go. That's your prediction. He's going to go to a team that needs shooting, that needs just – that just needs another score, and that's what he'll get you. He'll get you buckets. This year, it was career highs for him in points. It was a career high for him almost. His rookie season, he averaged .4. Uh, four zero seven. Uh, I'm. Uh, he averaged forty percent from three line, but forty point four zero seven. I'm I'm absolutely just slurring my words right now. <laughs> but this year he averaged point four zero six from the three point line, so barely underneath his career high. Um, he has a uh, second career second highest field goal percentage besides his rookie year as well. Um, 82% from the free throw line. Like, the guy's just efficient. The guy can go out there, can get you a bucket. He was on the Magic. I know they don't have the most talented lineup in the world, but he can benefit. A uh, team can really benefit from having him on their team. And the Sixers is honestly a pretty good team for him to go to. I, I, have, said them be, I have said this before, but I really think that the Denver Nuggets are going to look at a lot of free agents this summer, and they're going to look at some guys – that can uh, really help take their team to the next level. And Evan Fournier is one of, one of those guys that can do that. You can um, even say, if you're looking for another score, you can even say Miami Heat. He wouldn't start. You can even say Houston yeah. Rockets. Mm-hmm. He probably wouldn't start on the Houston Or maybe he could. Maybe, maybe he could. I mean, like, you have Russ and Harden already, and then you have Covington. I mean, maybe, but. If you're looking for another score, there's many teams in the league that are looking for just another guy to score. I thought of the 76ers immediately because I think of Simmons, I think of Embiid, and have to, um, I have see to a gap missing. Out, they have see... to figure out some contract stuff there. Yeah. They have to probably get rid of Al Horford, who I can imagine they're going to try to get rid of him this offseason. What an awful – Awful decision for they his did career. That to, they, they did that. The Sixers signed him, really, because he was the one guy that really contained Joel Embiid. I wouldn't say stopped him, but contained him. And they did it because they didn't want him on the Celtics, and they screwed themselves over. I mean, listen, I don't discredit a guy for chasing the bag. I mean, he wouldn't have gotten paid that much if he was in Boston. But it was ultimately his decision to go to the Sixers. Obviously, people thought the Sixers were going to be much better than they were. People also thought the Celtics were going to be finals contenders last year. You just can't assume that they're going to be fantastic because of what they have on paper. Um, But Evan Fournier, I was going to say, not for nothing. I could also see him going to a team where he just gets paid an absurd amount of money and can and can pat his stats. Uh, Pat his stats, not his stats. Oh, you're having a tough time. I'm having a tough time right now. It's only five o'clock. I'm I'm not like drinking or anything. I don't know. I'm just like I'm just like loopy right now. I I I would I just was got I uh just came back from my uh my house in Mass. So I was on the road for two hours. So I am a little uh give him a break. Come on, guys. I can I can already hear everyone in the comments. Everyone's chirping me. Give me a break. I've gotten enough from the people slandering me about Jamal Crawford. Two times. Two, two times. <laughs> That's two too days, much for me. Two days two in much. a row, you're getting shitted on? One oh more and I'm out. One more, we have to end the episode. But The third so, time's a charm. Yeah, that's right. So I can see Evan Fournier going to a team, like signing a two-year deal with a player option. I can honestly see him going to, like, let's say, a Hornets, a Pistons, or, like, a Knicks even. Just, like, eh, bottom of the barrel, I guess. And just a team that he can go and literally just, like, go off and score. And ball out, yeah. And ball out. Get a lot of money, ball out, and then when his next contract comes up, he can go to a, a better team then. So maybe he can use this time to just, you know, He'll do his <laughs> thing. I mean, listen, there are players that want to sign with contenders and chase ring, not chase rings, but, you know, provide for a contender. And then there are players that want to go for the – want to chase the bag and they want to just put up insane stats. And Evan Fournier could be that guy. 
he can pull an Evan Turner, completely finesse the team. Oh, and my then, gosh. Yeah. Bro, getting paid 17 Can we just talk oh, about how Lord. Brad Stevens got Evan Turner, that contract? He, got, he gets paid this past year. He got paid. He's going to be a free agent this summer, too. But he got paid $17.5 million this offseason for playing 13 minutes and averaging – oh, my goodness. I didn't realize it was this bad. For averaging – are you ready for this? I am ready. Oh, my God. Three points, two rebounds, two assists a game. Seventeen and a half million dollars for that. I mean, oh was good for him. I mean, Boston was never going to pay. Congratulations, him. Brad Stevens. That's all. Congratulations, I say. Brad Stevens. Good for you. You got. Evan you literally Turner. got the most out of Evan Turner. Dude, that's what Brad Stevens does, bro. He does. He does just great things for these guys, and then they go off. They get paid their money, and then they're just nothing like they were in Boston. The the Patriots of the NBA, right there. Oh, oh yeah, will you? That's we'll, a great topic to talk about for our other podcast. We'll notice, we'll notice your strongest points for the team. We'll use those strong points, and then we'll tell you to leave. Yeah. And exactly. then you'll, you can go suck on another team. It doesn't matter. I can assure you that Evan Turner will not be getting paid $17.5 million. Evan Turner deserves career. a max contract right now. <laughs> Three All points right. per game. Three points a game. Hey, you got to respect someone getting paid that much money for averaging three, two, and two. I mean, come on. <laughs> 10 mil per point per game. That's, that's awesome. So <laughs> those, are, <laughs> those are some free, those are the top, uh, some of the top free agents that we are going to be seeing uh, this off season. Not the best free agency class, but some guys in there that could really help uh, a roster out. Um, and I feel like one last thing we can talk about last week, uh, we did this thing. It was start. It was like, who would you want to start a franchise with? And we had Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons, and Zion. And before we started talking about it, uh, my good friend Ryan over here uh, almost went on a tangent about Luka Doncic, and I had to I stop did. him. I had to stop and be like, "Hey, we're not talking about him, but we can. So we're going to talk about him right now. Right now. Before I get into this, do you just want to give your quick thoughts of Luka Doncic and just like you know? what you think about him, where you rank him right now in the NBA? Like what, what, what do you, where do you see him being? I mean, right now, I think personally, he's a top 10 player, just like his stats, just the way he elevates the Mavs. I mean, he's just one of the best all around players. The really one thing that has that you can really say bad against him is he doesn't really play the best defense, but he'll get, I think that's something that he will work on as his career goes on. He's not the best three-point shooter. He also chucks up like eight, nine threes a game. So I think he just needs to become a little bit more efficient, efficient in that department. Um, but, but what are your thoughts as a whole on Luka Doncic, Ryan? He's an absolute superstar in the making. Superstar. He's, what, 21 years old? Yeah. And he's already running the league? Yes, he's taking unefficient shots. And, like, he needs to – he needs – wow. Wow, inefficient. Now, not on, you're, Dante, no, we are turn. struggling now today. it's your turn. I don't know what Oh, my it's God. It's 5 o'clock on a Wednesday. Like, yeah. what's going on right now? So, he does need to work <laughs> on it. it. It's awesome, honestly. At least we're doing it together. Yeah, um, exactly. He, he ha- <laughs> I agree with you. He does have to become more efficient with this, with his shot selection and when he decides to do it. Just, to, he, just to jump in, he shoots 32% from three, and he shoots 9.1 shots a game. Yeah, yeah. So if he is more efficient, if he brings it down to even six shots a game, and he brings those numbers up, like he just he 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 doesn't need to always be chucking. We also have talked about it before. His usage percentage on that team is insane, like, is Unbel- un- unreal. People so have gone, it also people have tried comparing him and Tatum and all this stuff, and like you know, saying how Luca's miles ahead of Tatum, and I'm like, listen. Although I think right now Luca Doncic might be a better all-around player. I mean, the guy averages as a 20-year-old, just turned 21 in February, averages 28.7, 9.3 rebounds, 8.7 assists. Like, that's insane for a 2021-year-old. And his usage rate, though, for the argument uh, for Tatum, for his defense, Luka Doncic's usage rate is 37%. And that is just unbelievably high. Like that, yep. that's like, that is literally like, that just tells you that the ball is always in his hands and the team is literally just playing through him at all time, like all, at 
all times of the game. It's a I, large percentage. And, and large. I, think, uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but I, I think I, from what I do remember in the argument, I'm pretty sure his usage is like a 28% or 29%. And, I mean, look at the look at their situations. I mean, t- there's you have Brown and Kemba who are also averaging 20 a game, and you have Hayward too. So it's like – and Tatum isn't the guy that – it's not in his hands. The ball is not in his hands at all times. It is in Luka's hands at all times. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's not really the point of this argument. Luka Doncic – 21-year-old phenom. I mean, how much better can he get? From a statistic standpoint, I really don't know. Like, I mean, can he – is there going to be a point where he will average 30 points and probably average a triple-double? Yeah, I think he was on pace. He, I mean, he was injured a good amount this season as well. He had some, some ankle injuries, I believe it was. So he kind of, you know, had a – was on – went to go on a hot streak and then get hurt and then have to jump back in and would get hurt again. So he at one point he was averaging like – 39 and nine, I believe. So I think there will be points in his career where he will average triple doubles, average 30 points a game. But I think what he really needs to work on the most is just being more efficient. He shoots 46% from the field, which is respectful for a guy that is averaging 29 points a game. But his three point percentage definitely, definitely needs to get better. So I think that will just kind of segue into what I was going to, uh, what we were going to talk about. You got, I have five guys I'm going to list for you. Who would you want – I mean, honestly, I mean, I think we kind of will know the answer, kind of how, how we've been talking about. But just give me an order. Give me the order in which you would place them if you were going to start a franchise with these players, Ryan. Okay. So we got Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, Zion Williamson, John Moran, and Trey Young. So from one to five, where would you rank them? To start, <laughs> starting at the bottom, I'm going to have to – oh, my God. People might get mad at this. This is, one of the, this is one of those things where it's like people are going to have so many different opinions and, like, you're going to put someone last. And it's like, oh, like, how can you put them last? Where it's like, man, like, there's – like, all these players are unreal. Right. It's just like that's just what you're going to have to do. So, so go ahead. I, I don't want to interrupt you. It's kind of like the Steph Curry effect. You kind of have to see what happens with it. So I'm putting Trey Young at the bottom because okay. his – we already know he is the next Steph Curry offensively. Have you, like – they their offensive games are exactly the same. Like mm-hmm. it, you can't tell them apart. So th- they're identical. Defensively, defensively, Trey Young's defense. I think he had literally the worst defense of the league. Yeah, I mean, like, he's, if, he's, like he's, you can't have you can't have your superstar player, best player on your team, have literally the worst defense in the league. What yeah, do you? How, how do you expect to win? How do you I expect agree. to win? Yes, it's a very offensive game, but defense is winning you championships. It's a known fact. It is a known fact. After that, number four, I'm putting John Morant. I really, really want to put him above Zion. But, like, Zion, like, I don't know. Zion is just such an There's animal, There's so much dude. potential he, there. He, he, so much his, potential. His game is very similar to Charles Barkley. Very similar. They're just big beasts that are going to bowling ball over everyone. They can – get inside whenever they want like you put zion inside who's realistically who is big enough to push him or prevent him from coming into the post tell me off the top of your head right now there's not one dude in the league that is able to handle the force of zion williamson yeah yeah there's no, not. I know. literally like he, if you see that guy coming at you like bro <laughs> move out of the way like that you're gonna get hurt so if you try taking a charge you're gonna get hurt yeah so there's there's, it's just Zion's game on the inside and just physically what he is. I have to put him above Ja, but I am a massive, massive, if people know me, massive Ja Morant fan. I think this guy is going to be an absolute stud. He is, but he does also have stuff to work on. Like, this is why they're rookies. We're looking at them as rookies and these five young guys, and we're saying they have so much to work on, and yet they're already studs in the league. It's unbelievable. But it's Trey Young, it's John Morant, and then it goes Zion, and then. This is where it's going to get a little hard, right? Yeah, because if I do put him at one, it's going to be, oh, you're Celtics by it. You're green teamer. Green teamer. But, yeah. oh, my God, it's so hard to choose between Luka Doncic and Jason Tatum because they're both doing all-around things for their teams. Tatum does have a less usage percentage. Again, if a significant, if, a significant amount. Yes, if we nine percent is a big is a big difference. Yeah, if you give him that nine percent that Luka Doncic has, and 
how efficient that Tatum is mm-hmm. and his shot selections and everything he does, he might even – we're talking about Tatum being better than Doncic. But, yeah. oh, my God, to build That's my friend my, – to build my franchise around because I'm watching it in front of my eyes. We're building a franchise around this guy plus the chemistry of the team, really. Yeah. I uh, mean, just look at the success of the Celtics. I mean, it, it's Tatum's oh third God. year in the league. I mean, we talk about efficiency. I mean, I'll get, I'll give my take too, so I don't want to, you know, give out too much of what I'll say. But I mean, you just look at the efficiency. Look at the usage rate, and then look at the efficiency. Like Tatum is much more efficient than Doncic is. At least, at least in most and certain aspects of the game. I mean, right. Tatum shoots 40% from three. Donkin shoots 31% from three. It's just like their field goal percentage isn't too far off either. Donkin shoots 46%. Tatum shoots 45%. Fuck it. I'm saying Tatum. All right. Screw- there you go. All, nah, screw all you guys. Just because I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, Don't I'm just I'm just saying that because, dude, like you're talking about stats right now, uh, and I do use the eye test. Luka Doncic is unbelievable, but it's not even biased. It's just like you're you put numbers together, you look at the usage percentage. Tatum's usage percentage is so much lower because he has so many studs around that team. If you put him in Luka Doncic's position, we're talking about the same thing. I, I, I'm like in maybe even better than him. We don't like maybe even better. His talent, Luka Doncic's talent, is above and beyond everyone else's. But Jason Tatum's right there. Listen, I'm pulling up this video right now for you because this is uh this is exactly what you are right now. So hopefully they, this audio can pick it up because this is just. This is you right now. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize. No, no, no. To absolutely nobody. Listen. Let's go. You don't have to apologize to absolutely nobody. I'd like to apologize to absolutely, to absolutely nobody. nobody. <laughs> I'm the champ. I'm the champ. I love Conor McGregor, now, by the way. Now, let me get into my – yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, McGregor is the best trash talker of all time. I don't care. This dude's – he's pure entertainment and backs it up. But anyways, we'll talk about UFC some other time. Uh, yeah. Our lists really aren't much different. So, number five, I'm also going to put Trey Young. The guy averages an insane amount of points. He can shoot the ball from the freaking parking lot, and that's awesome. But at the end of the day – he is an absolute liability on defense. It, I mean, it, you can blame his size for it, unfortunately. He's just a small guard, and that's just the type of player he is. He's always going to be an offensive – he's going to be an offensive maniac for throughout most of his career. Um, it's just he's going to struggle on defense, and the Hawks are going to have to work on – kind of like how when Isaiah Thomas was in Boston, you had Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart surrounding Isaiah Thomas, and it's like you made it work that way. You just put good defensive players around him, so – They'll have to do something like that. Number five, I'm putting Trey Young. Number four, and I hate to do it, John Morant has to be at number four. I believe that John Morant will be at least, I'm going to say top three, but he will be at least a top five point guard at the end of next season. I think John Morant just is such a superb talent. I think he is going to be a generational player. The only thing that I have against him, it's not even defense. It's not that he's bad on defense. I mean, remember that game? It was the third game of the year when they played the Nets against Kyrie, and he walked up Kyrie that last minute of the game, sent it to overtime. I do. John Moran has it. He has everything that you need from a point guard and then some. The only issue is he's skinny. He needs to put on more muscle, and he needs to just get more – just needs to get more muscle. But he's a rookie. He, he's, he he's doesn't – No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm also chewing no, heroes at the same time. <laughs> I was wondering what you were eating. The thing is, I've, it's, someone said this, and I found it very interesting. And if you just look at the NBA compared to 20 years ago, it is a smaller league. He, mm-hmm. does not, he doesn't have to bulk. He doesn't have to get huge. He – yeah, he can, no, absolutely. He, he just he has to work on his skills, and yes, he has to get stronger. But he does not have to be huge. He has the talent. He's taller than someone like Trey Young. I'm pretty sure he's six three. He's got the quickness, the speed, 
the athleticism. He almost had the one of the best dunks of all time on mm-hmm. Kevin Love. He almost jumped over him. He just missed the dunk. As a rookie. The guy has it. The guy has everything. Everything. There's not a weakness in his game besides I just believe he needs to gain a little bit, just like 10 pounds muscle, 10, 15 pounds, and over time he will get there. I cannot – I mean, you say you're the biggest John Morant fan. I think I have to one-up you, bro. I just – I have so much confidence in this guy. I, think he's I have to agree with you. The absolute next big thing in the yep. NBA. Yep. I, th- and, and even – I'm sorry to cut you off. No, again. you're good. Even if you saw this kid in college, like, he stood out over everyone. He was at Murray State, and he still stood out over everyone. I watched him in the tournament, and I was so amazed by how good he was. So like, good. He was, so good. He was a – he was multiple steps ahead than the college game. Mm-hmm. And this guy came out of, out of high school uh, with no star ranking. So it's, it's unbelievable. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. The guy, has, the guy just has it. He, uh-huh. Sometimes it takes he you a while to it. find it. This guy just has it. He had you it can, right away. Yep. You can tell from the start he's going to be a stud. He's going to be one of the top players in this league one day. I mean, his stats aren't really the best. He should win a rookie of the year. I mean, he, he absolutely should. I mean, the only other person would be Zion, but he only played 19 games. It would be so unfair to take that away from Ja. Didn't have the best stats, but if you have you, – just the eye test, just watching him play, you know that he, that he has it. And it'd be kind of weird if they were to give it to Zion – when in a similar situation years ago, Joel Embiid came into his that year, hurt, mm-hmm. but still played better than everyone else. Ended up Malcolm Brogdon, if I'm correct, won that award. I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. yeah. So he played better than everyone else in the 25 games that he played. It's not enough time to give it to him. Yeah. Nin- they, 19 or whatever games, if they give that to Zion, it it's if, apparent if now like, it what you're Vi- doing. If you give it to Zion, you just know that the NBA is just riding him and yeah, they're just really trying to build him up. Yeah, that's what obvious. that's all that says. Yeah. So speaking of Zion, I'd put him at number three. Um he's just he's also like John Murray. He's probably one of those guys that is gonna be a generational talent. Like he might turn out to be the next LeBron James. I know that's a lot to say about someone, but he just has the only downside really is his shooting. I mean, he hit four threes his first game of the year. He's not going to be hitting four threes a game. Uh, that was just like a crazy, crazy sequence. He came in and just started lighting it up. Like he has every, minutes. Yeah, unbelievable. The guy is just stronger than everyone else. He's a bully. He can finish on anyone. It's just he needs to focus on other aspects of his game to be more of an all-around player. Um, right now he's more one-dimensional just like his really his biggest strength is driving and that's on offense that's really the bulk of what he can do not saying that he won't get better I I mean he was just a rookie as well the kid's 19 years old 18 19 years old he's of course gonna get better Um, but I'd have to put him at three (sighs) and if we're talking about building a team see how tough this is it's tough because it's tough at number two I'm going to put Luka Doncic. Oh! It was – and listen, I know people are like green teamers, your Celtics fans. Listen, when it comes to talking about this stuff, I don't have a bias. Like, I really don't. Jason Tatum has it. He has everything. He has it. He can do everything on offense. He has he, – he struggles a little bit finishing around the basket, but he's not a bad finisher around the basket. He has the mid-range. He has the three-point game. He can shoot it from between three-point line and half court. He is a much better defender than people credit him for. People talk about Jalen Brown being a fantastic two-way player. Jason Tatum, defensively, if you look at their defensive stats, Jason Tatum, in some aspects, is better than Jalen Brown. Like, they're both like already like pretty elite two-way players and Jason Tatum has everything on offense. Jason Tatum is going to be what you call a two-way superstar and he is efficient. He fits on a team on a contending championship team. He work. he doesn't have an ego. He works well with the guys around him. He averages 24 a game. There are two other guys on that team that averages 20 a game. Jason Tatum still gets his. He's not going to average five, six assists a game, but that's not his game. He's not going right. to be averaging nine assists like Luca. Luca has the ball in his hands at all times. He is the guard. He is 
I mean, he's a shooting guard. I mean, you can honestly, you can be a small forward. Like, he's tall as hell. He's their point guard. He controls the basketball. He runs. He's the floor general. Jace Tatum is not the floor general for the Boston Celtics. But he has it. He just has everything as a 22-year-old, and he's only going to get better, and that's just terrifying. And I said this briefly with Luca. How much better can he get statistically? Like, he averages 29, 9, and 9. As a 20, as a 20, 21 year old, can he average 30 game? Yeah. Can he average a triple double? Yeah. How efficiently is he going to do it? He average, he shoots 46% from the field. Tatum averages 45% from the field. Luca shoots two more shots per game than him. Luca shoots 32% from three, 31, 32% from three on nine shots a game. Tatum shoots 40% from three on seven threes a game. Tatum. Like, their statistics, besides the whole rebounding, Luca only averages two more rebounds a game. Besides the assists and that, and that five-point jump in their point averages, Tatum has everything else on him. The efficiency. A 9% less usage rate is a huge significance. If Jason Tatum was on a team with a 37 usage percentage, Jason Tatum would be averaging 30 points a game as a 22-year-old. He would be. He just would be. They're, they're, he, if he was on the Atlanta Hawks, oh take out Trey Young, and he was the number one scoring option, he would be averaging 32 a game. Um, if he was on a, the worst team in the league, like the Knicks, sorry, Knicks fans, if he's on a team like the Knicks, he'll average over 30 a game easily, easily. But he shares the rock. He's on a team. He is on a team that also gets their touches. And that's what also makes Jason Tatum so special and easy to build around. Because like I said, he doesn't have an ego. He fits around other players. And the Celtics are the fifth best team in the NBA. And they're made up of young guys. Kemba Walker's 29, 28, 29. But Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, that's really who the team is built around right now. And look how good they are. And they're only going to get better. So that's why I put Jason Tatum at number one, Luka number two. It's hard. That is a really hard decision to make. It really it is, is tough. Because Luka Doncic is a guy that literally you can just put all these guys around, like shooters around him. We're going to get so much players. shit for this. Yeah, but you know what? It's just like how wrong are we by saying Jason Tatum is someone that you want to build around Luka with? It's not like we're saying we'd rather – it would be different if we said we'd rather build around Trey Young than Luka Doncic. You know what I mean? I feel like that would be more, uh, more of a hot take in that sense. But it's just like, you got to understand why we picked Jason Tatum. And it's like, yeah, we're Celtics fans, but we say all this stuff. And I think back and I look at, I look at this and I'm just like, damn, bro, we are so lucky to have him on our team. Because if we were having, if we had to go up against him or if he was on like a rival team, like Philly, I'd want to, I'd want to die. I'd want to die. Imagine we had stuck with the original plan to take Markel Fultz. Like I said this earlier. And then, and then Danny, also Josh Jackson was also a possibility. Like there's you know, some, Thank God Danny Ainge listens to himself and his team and not guys on Twitter. Danny right. Ainge is doing people. Yeah, good thing, good thing they don't listen to you, Dante. Yeah, thank God you shouldn't listen to me. Just, <laughs> let, Danny Ainge, let Danny Ainge do his thing. People wanted to trade those picks. People wanted to trade those guys. I got into this argument the other day. Some guy wanted – he was getting – he was coming at me. We were talking about, like, Jalen and Jason and all that stuff. And he's like, it was the stupidest thing that you didn't trade for Anthony Davis. And I was like, was it really stupid to not trade Jalen and Jason for a guy that was going to leave in a year? Yeah, that's so idiotic of the Celtics. That's so Way to idiotic. trade the future away, right? For a one-year rental, yeah. And, like, the Celtics are set up the way that they are because of their GM. Danny Age didn't jump the gun. He didn't panic trade anyone. He just kept course with everything. He believed in his players, and that's why they are where they are. This isn't a Celtics podcast, but since we talk about Jason Tatum, it's important to add that in there. Um, there really isn't much else we have to talk about. Ryan, do you have anything else you really want to add to that discussion we just had? Or no, anything I, else, really? No, I think that's uh, all I got to say, honestly. Listen, guys, those five players that we listed, they're all going to be studs. They all are studs. It's just like you have to look at it of who would bring the most to your team and who's, who would be the easier guy to build around. And not, for us, we think Luka Doncic, uh, Luka Doncic is behind Jason Tatum in that aspect. Jason Tatum is more easier to build around. So that is it. That, that is it for this episode of Hoops Caviar. Thank you guys for coming back and joining us for episode two. Um, 
You can follow me, Dante Toro, on Twitter, at Dante on Deck. There you will find um, my blog. You will find the handle to both of the, our podcasts, who at Hoops Caviar, as well as at Chasing Banners, which is our Celtics podcast that we put out every Monday. And Ryan, why don't you uh, plug in your stuff? I am 401 Sheehan on Twitter. So 401-S-H-E-E-H-A-N. It's kind of hard to spell sometimes. <laughs> um, and then also I have my own podcast called Sheehan's World, which I re- will be releasing tonight, which is Wednesday. Uh, it's a little bit late in the week, but I've I was really going to say, had, usually your Sundays, right? Uh, Sundays, Mondays, I usually release it, but I've been extremely busy, so I haven't even had the time to release it. Um, I'm also a co-host of Chasing Banners with Dante, and I am also a co-host on here. So, yeah, and that's all I got to plug right now. Just just some co-hosts, some guys being dudes being co-hosts. Some dudes talking ball, guys talking ball. Yeah, we got it all. Doesn't get much better than this. So thank you guys for listening. We'll be back again next week. Uh, Until next time, much love, peace, love, and happiness. And thank you guys for listening. Thanks, guys. Ball out.